Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 26, recorded November 28th, 2020. I'm your host, Charles Current, and in today's episode, we have another contender for the title of Unpickable Lock, Mad Bob's possibly making a run of Jackknife and Ghost Pro sets, Lock Pickers United is preparing for another charity raffle, more smart lock criticism, the not-so-civil engineer's story-driven physical penetration challenge, New black belt pickers, lock picking criminals, new products, holiday sales, giveaways, and more. You can find this show on most podcast apps, YouTube, and at thelocksportscast.com. YouTube and a few of the podcast apps have restrictions that limit my ability to post full show notes that includes all of the links. So if you're using one of those, go to www.thelocksportscast.com for show notes that include clickable links on all the stories covered in this episode. Start off with a quick announcement, more of a reminder. The Lockie Awards nominations will start being accepted as of January 1st. So please take some time and consider who you want to nominate. A quick reminder of the categories are Best Editing, Best Audio, Best Lighting, Best Visual Aids and Effects, Most Informative Video, Most Creative Video, Most Impressive Pick, Best Out of Package Pick, Most Impressive Gutting Disaster, Most Supportive Commenter, Most Creative Challenge, which can be but not necessarily has to be part of a giveaway, Most Creative Giveaway Overall, That can be challenge, structure, drawing process, whatever you think is creative about it. Most challenge or best challenge lock must be a valid challenge lock with a working key and it has to have been made in 2020 and featured in a video in 2020, but not necessarily having to be been made on YouTube itself, just has to have been picked on YouTube. Best custom made pick has to have been made this year, featured in a video on YouTube this year. And the Community Spirit Award, which is the person that has done the most to support the community, not limited to YouTube at all. So any part of the Locksport community, whoever you think deserves the Community Spirit Award. And reminder, everybody is, uh, anybody can be nominated except for me. So everybody else is fair game. And first up in the news this week, Terrell shared a tweet that announced that Squire is the first organization to achieve BSI Internet of Things kite mark for a bite lock, which is a their kite mark certification by the what is it British Standards Institute? I think of what BSI stands for. I looked it up. I forgot already. But um, I'm not really impressed with that at all because when I go to BSI's website and see what their Internet of Things kite mark certification is about. It gives you very little details of what they do to certify, just says that the more critical the application, the more they're going to charge you for the certification. And then I found an interview where they were talking about this Internet of Things certification for locks. And they basically say that they will ignore known published exploits as long as they don't see any evidence that they've been used in the wild and they don't expect that they will be. 
And I'm sorry, I, ju I just found that completely unacceptable. If there is a known published exploit, you make sure that you don't have it in a product you're releasing, or in their case, a product you're certifying. How can you certify something that, that you have a known exploit for? Just because somebody hasn't used it yet, and there hasn't been a practical technology to exploit it yet, doesn't mean that there won't be in five years and somebody be walking around unlocking bike locks, just like the, the video I shared a couple weeks ago where they were unlocking cars. If it's out there, somebody will eventually find a way to use it. It's, uh, it's like Master Lock saying, hey, we don't have to make our locks bump proof because nobody can get one of their comb picks in our keyway until the lock picking lawyer makes thinner comb picks and then they're all vulnerable. This is the same thing. If you know there's a vulnerability, take care of it. Don't certify a lock that has a vulnerability, period. I'll have some links to uh, those articles that I read. And Starrylock shared a story about uh, Xiaomi launches Aquaria Smart Door Lock D100 with one second unlocking speed. November 27th, Xiaomi released a, or Xiaomi, released the D100 smart door lock priced at the equivalent of $289 US. The smart lock does not have a traditional horizontal door handle, which reduces the steps of pressing and pulling. So you open the door with, once the lock actually recognizes your fingerprint, it'll automatically retract the bolt and you can just open the door. Unlike traditional motors, the Aquaria smart door lock D100 embeds the motor into the lock body. This approach greatly improves the response rate of the lock body, they claim. According to the official description, the smart lock is equipped with a two-cell battery that lasts up to 12 months. It says there is a Type-C interface on the door, so you can use any corresponding method to charge it directly. And I'm not sure how convenient that is. They don't show any good clear pictures, and they don't describe that process. According to the official introduction, the Aquaria Smart Door Lock D100 uses Apple and Xiaomi dual security chips so it can connect with Apple HomeKit and the Miya, I don't know how to pronounce that, Smart Home IoT platform. The fingerprint recognition uses 3D semiconductor fingerprint recognition module of the Swedish BP company with financial-grade fingerprint detection algorithm, they claim. And it says, in order to facilitate the needs of different users in the whole family, the D100 has seven different unlocking methods. You can choose one-time periodic password for on-site service and maintenance personnel, NFC unlocking function compatible with Xiaomi smartphones and NFC cards, in addition, the traditional lock cylinder of this door lock accepts a C-level cylinder, which has certain anti-technical unlocking capabilities. It says, I guess that means un, you know, anti-picking capabilities. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You know my feelings on smart locks. And Terrell shared an article on Twitter here. He says, this is a great article. Not because it's newsy, just because it's a cool story maybe some of us can relate to as far as chasing an elusive lock or key. And the title of the article was RV Keys, The Quest for the Blue Bower. 
How one man's journey to attain the elusive tool led to enlightenment and information, but would it lead to a happy ending? The article details the story of a locksmith trying to obtain a blue bower key. The key is designed to release the retaining wafer and thus the core on the bower brand's RV locks. Unfortunately, the company doesn't allow anyone to purchase those except authorized dealers. That means that locksmiths can't purchase them to service their customers' RVs. He tries every company and supplier he can think of and has no success. But eventually, through a chance encounter, he finds an RV dealer with a drawer full of Bauer keys and manages to strike a deal with them. You know, I'm never quite sure how to cover these stories. I don't want to just read them to you. That would be a form of copyright infringement, in my opinion. Um, at least, you know, plagiarism something. But when I paraphrase, you kind of lose the original writing flair of the author. So I encourage you to go check out the links in the show notes and read the stories for yourself. They're actually much more entertaining when you get that little bit of flair from the original writer. Starlock, Jarrell, Joshua Gonzalez, and Don's Locks all shared different uh, links to an article called Making an Unpickable Lock and Calling Locksmiths. One of those included a tweet from a lockpicking lawyer where he said, this is a really interesting project that shows promise. It's always fun to see what happens when fresh eyes look at a problem. Shane and I just talked, and he'll be sending an improved version my way once it's ready. I look forward to seeing if anyone can come up with a creative approach to cracking this nut. And this is by the, I believe, the Stuff Made Here YouTube channel. And he took an interesting approach to how to make an unpickable lock. He basically came up with a mechanical method that he thinks deprives you of the ability to pick the pins one at a time, making you unable to tension and work the pins at the same time. You have to set the pins where you think they need to be and then apply the, the rotation. So it's an interesting concept. And you should check it out if you haven't already. All right. And in community news, last month, the Bone in the Box shared uh, some information with me that the Lockpickers United was starting to gear up for their 2021 charity raffle. I held off on uh, reporting on it until I started to see some real activity on it on the Discord, which I did this week. And I contacted the people involved in the raffle and. They haven't officially announced its beginning yet or that they're accepting prizes, uh, prize donations yet, but I did talk with Correct Jeans. He says they will be posting that soon on Reddit and Discord, so keep an eye out for that. In the Discord, it'll be on the announcement tab. But the gist is that you will contact Correct Jeans on either of those platforms with the following information. What you would like to contribute or whether your prize should be kept mysterious what country you are in, whether you are willing to pay any international shipping should the winner not be in your country, or will the winner be uh, responsible for paying that if they win, how many winners your pot is intended for, whether or not you are agreeing to ship to multiple people. Process will be the same as last year. Contributors will hold on to their prizes, and once the raffle is complete, they will be contacted with the shipping info for the winner of their prize. So make sure that you look for those announcements and start thinking about what you might be willing to contribute to this. 
I'll go over last year's rules for the actual raffle. I don't know if they're going to change this year at all, but uh, this should give you an idea how the raffle works. Each US dollar equivalent, rounded down, donated counts as one ticket in the drawing. The charity you are donating to must be approved by the moderation team. Below, they give a list of charities that are recommended and have already been approved. Should your preferred charity not be in the list, you can contact the moderation team to discuss your preferred charity and the list will be updated as more are approved. Members of the moderation team and those who are working with them to make this charity raffle happen are not allowed to participate. This is done to ensure that the process remains fair. And that was the rules for the 2020 version of the raffle. So I assume they'll be close to that at least for 2021. So something to keep an eye out for. And something I just stumbled upon this uh, last week, the Not-So-Civil Engineer created a eight-part story-driven physical penetration challenge for everyone who wants to break into stuff. And he's got all eight parts live. You can follow a link in the show notes or go over to the Not-So-Civil Engineer's YouTube channel and check video 55, Virtual Physical Penetration Test. And he says, thanks to Deviant Olaf and Lockpicking Lawyer for initial feedback. And I will just play a quick intro from that video here and let you get an idea what you're in for if you decide to take part. Hey everybody, the Not-So-Civil Engineer here, and you have a job to do. You've been hired as an external consultant to test the physical security of a new client. They want you to attempt to gain access by whatever means, using physical, social, and digital exploits. Do you have the skills needed to gain entry to the facility and make your way to their server room? Let's find out. The facility is a financial institution which occupies the entire structure in a downtown area of a major city. Your open source intelligence recon has yielded several interesting notes. The front entrance has several security features such as credential back turnstiles preceded by a bank of metal detector man traps attended by several security guards. Your contact, the Chief Information Security Officer, told you that due to having such a high level of security at the front, the security culture of the company is quite lax. Employees view anyone who is inside the building as someone who is supposed to be there. While some initial social engineering pretexts seem promising, you need to look for an alternative route as the metal detectors will thwart your ability to bring the tools you need into the structure. So, uh, if that piques your interest, head over to the Not-So-Civil Engineers channel or click the link in the show notes. In Karate Belts this week, we have a new purple belt, that is Who Needs a Key on the Discord. And we have announcements for two new black belts. The first one reads, congratulations to our not quite newest black belt picker at Nitiflor. He has not only cracked six black belt locks, but made some of the toughest possible choices. He conquered the Asa Twin 6000, Asa Twin Combi, Eva ICS, Dom IX, Twin Star, Kaba Expert T, and Fichette F3D exterior version. The next announcement reads, congratulations to our newest black belt picker, based on time of request, HV Logic. He has slayed both the EVA 3KS, Asa Twin exclusive, as well as mastering both key impressioning and group two safe manipulation. So congratulations, gentlemen. Those are some really amazing accomplishments there. Now it's time to take a quick break and say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. First off, we have the executive producers, which are my Patreon subscribers, Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, William Sprain, and To Be Deciphered. 
Then the content producers for this episode are Joshua Gonzalez, HV Logic, The Bone in the Box, Cherell, Redhead Lockpicker, Don's Locks, Lockpicking's Gal, Rune Picker, Starry Lock, and Pocket Woman. And all of those have YouTube channels that will have links in the show notes and in the description of the YouTube version of this. So make sure to go check them out, show them support just like they've shown me support. Just a quick reminder that this show is only possible because of the information and support of this amazing community. So if you value this podcast, you can help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related. Even if you think lots of people have sent it before, please send it anyway, because quite often people think that it's so obvious that I will already have it, and I don't. You can send that information to podcast at thelocksportscast.com, or you can go over to thelocksportscast.com and click on the support tab on the menu, and that will get you all the information you need to know to contact me. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, either in person or on the internet. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube. That would be appreciated. You can also subscribe on Patreon or PayPal. And that helps to cover the cost of the show for me. So I don't have to go out there and look for any type of sponsors. I personally do not ever want to have any type of sponsorship for this uh, podcast. I have turned down offers of, you know, free merchandise and stuff like that already because I feel like that influences you. If you start down that road, then you're afraid to say something if a company makes a bad product or something like that. It creates a subtle self-censorship, a subtle influence on you, even if you don't intend to. It's always in the back of your mind, well, if I say this, are they gonna stop sending me stuff? So... I just don't want to go down that road. I want to be free to say what I feel about products and uh, companies and their practices and policies. All right. In lockpicking criminal news this week, Redhead Lockpicker sent in a story. So on October 12th in Tampa, Florida, there was an article called Convicts Texts Show Plot to Kill Victim and Stage Suicide. Colin Spear pled guilty to secretly recording a video of himself and a woman and then used it to try to extort her. Now prosecutors say Spear enlisted Matthew Anderson to help him end his victim's life and possibly make it look like a suicide. The courts released text messages between Spear and Anderson where they apparently lay out parts of their plan. The article details some of the text messages between them. In one of the messages, Spear mentions getting a lockpick gun. To me, it sounds like he didn't know much about lockpicking and thinks the lockpick gun is a quick, easy tool to use, kind of a magic tool for opening the door. He thought it would keep him from having to bust the door down, though. Then on November 24th, there was a story published called Sacramento Men Arrested with Burglary Tools in Disguised Car. Lonnie Smith and Gary Hobbs of Sacramento were arrested for suspicion of possessing burglary tools. Smith was also arrested for suspicion of possessing possessing drug paraphernalia and an outstanding warrant for possession of burglary tools. A Lincoln police officer pulled over a Toyota Camry that had the rear license plate covered with a paper dealership plate attached with Velcro. The front license plate appeared to have been removed recently, and the rear Toyota emblem had been replaced with a Volkswagen emblem. Police say 
Smith was on probation and Hobbs was on parole, so officers were authorized to search them and the vehicle when they were pulled over. Officers searched the car and found drug paraphernalia and burglary tools, including lockpicks, bolt cutters, pry bar, and a slide hammer, according to the police's report. In the photos in the article, the quote-unquote lockpicks appear to be a set of jiggler keys. In another story from November 27th in Washington State, entitled, Man Allegedly Stole 5000 in Jewelry from Bellingham Walmart, Noah James Richardson was booked into Whatcom County Jail on suspicion of first-degree theft and is being held on $10,000 bail after being arrested on November 24th at the Bellingham Walmart. Officers were called at 2.52 p.m. Tuesday after employees reported spotting a man believed to have stolen more than $5,000 in jewelry from the store on November 18th. Walmart loss prevention officers reported that on November 18th, Richardson used some sort of tool to unlock the jewelry cabinet and took the jewelry. When Richardson entered the store on Tuesday, loss prevention said he was wearing the same distinct clothing, but this time he was seen in the store's electronics department. Police reported that he was able to again open the locked cabinet Tuesday, but left without any merchandise and got into a Nissan with California license plates. Officers located the Nissan nearby at Sierra Trading Post parking lot, but Richardson denied his involvement in the November 18th theft. Richardson was also wearing two gold necklaces and a gold bracelet. According to police, some of those items were stolen in the November 18th theft. While searching Richardson to place him under arrest, officers also reportedly found a strong magnet often used during thefts, such as these ones, and a set of lockpicking tools. And we have a few new products announcements this week. Joshua Gonzalez sent me a couple of links to some new Sparrows items. They have released Scrooge pins created by Lock Noob and some Sparrows Christmas tree ornaments. I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. And I forgot to cover this a couple weeks ago, but UK Bump Keys released the Dangerfield high-quality real-world practice locks for lock pickers. They're a set of Euro cylinders, quality Euro cylinders, pinned up to be good practice locks with some security pins and such. So uh, they keep selling out just about as fast as they can get them in, but you should go over and check those out if you're interested. And Sherelle uh, shared with me a link that goes to a Facebook post by Mad Bob's Lockpicks, and it said, due to lots of requests, we are looking at doing a run of our Jackknife and Ghost Pro set in January. Please let us know if you're interested in so if you are all interested, please go check out that Facebook post. I'll try to get a link for that in the show notes. But head over there, check that out, and let them know. Get your voice heard if you are interested in having them make a run of those so you can have some. There are a lot of sales this week due to Black Friday. I'm not sure when some of these expire. The first set here was shared by uh, Joshua Gonzalez and Cherell. We have Southord. 25% discount off all products from November 25th through December 23rd with the coupon code CHEER25. We have the standard commando locks, 15% off all locks, fall 2020 coupon code that expires January 1st. Joshua Gonzalez also sent in another one for commando locks. They have a 20% off Black Friday sale, holiday 20, that expires uh, December 1st. So make sure you get in there quick 
if you are listening to this podcast in time. Mako Locks standard 15% off with the code by Mako, unknown expiration, but seems to still be working. Joshua Gonzalez and HV Logic also shared a link to a Black Friday specials collection page on makolocks.com. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. And on top, the uh, 15% off by Mako code works on top of those deals. So you can get an even better deal if you're interested in that. And Joshua Gonzalez also sent in a coupon code for Sparrows Black Friday, 20% off with the Sparrows BF deal expiration is unknown. Cherell has one here for hooligankeys.com. It's happy day 2020 for 10% off any order. He also shared Lockpick Shop has a 20% off uh, site-wide BK Friday 20 code. And also CLK Supplies has a uh, page with a Black Friday sale collection. Link for that will be in the show notes. Another one sent in by Cherell is from lockpickworld.com. 20% off all Dangerfield items. Use the code DFB. F20 at checkout. And for everything else on the site, uh, 10% off with the code BF10 at checkout. And then 3D Locksport, code BF2020, good until 1130, which I believe is the day this podcast will be released. So you'll have to try it and see if it's still good when you listen to this if you're interested. And in giveaways, Lockpicking's Gal is still doing her kindness lock giveaway. You can enter that through December 4th by making a video explaining a random act of kindness that you have done and received, and make sure to use her hashtag. And Room Picker's RP Spicy Challenge giveaway will be coming to an end soon if it hasn't already by the time this is posted. It was scheduled to end when his wife comes back from maternity leave, which was estimated to be December 1st. So if you were planning on entering that and haven't already, and you're listening to this, make sure you get over there real quick and check and see if it's ended. Get your entry in quick if you haven't. Starlock is still doing the Shout Out Monday series with Pocket Women, where they highlight a channel with fewer than 100 subscribers. And I received another note from Pocket Woman with updates for December's. She says, G'day, Charles. Hope you and yours are doing well and getting some, getting to pick some locks. I have the information for December Shoutout Monday Starlock series. December will have 16 Monday shoutouts. The prize is a 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate and a Lockwood 334B45 brass padlock. There will be two lucky winners at the end of the month draw, one for the gift certificate and one for the Lockwood padlock. Each Monday in December, Starlock and Pocket Woman will be doing two shoutouts each So that's four shoutouts on a Monday to check out. 16 chances to enter the draw at the end of the month. We will be changing the format slightly in December. Still needs to be under 100 subscribers, but we will both be selecting an older channel and a newer channel to shout out for December. For all the rules to the giveaway, please check out the description of any of the Shoutout Monday videos by Starlock and or Pocket Woman. It says, please let listeners know that requests for shoutouts by others or your or for your own channel get bumped up the list. So don't be shy to self-promote your own channel for a shout out if you're under 100 subscribers. And I will have links to both of their channels 
in the show notes as usual. The Charles Builds Crap Pack Lock a Month giveaway is still happening. So you can uh, enter that by sending me in news, links, stories, anything I can use in the podcast and or sharing the podcast on social media and tagging me so that I know that it's been done and I will get you an entry into that. And Starlock was the winner for November's and I just finally got that sent out or for October's. I just finally got that sent out and now it's going to be time here next week to draw for November. Remember, this podcast needs your support. You can support this podcast in several ways. Uh, the most important of which is sending in anything you have that's Locksport related, any bit of news, any links, any info that you think the community could benefit from knowing, send it in. doesn't matter if it's related to YouTube, Discord, Reddit, uh, a web page, or an in-person meeting for a tool or something like that. Send it in. Um, let the rest of the community benefit from that knowledge too by sharing it on this show. You can share this show with your lockpicking friends, either online or in person, if you're still doing that at the moment. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. You can subscribe on Patreon or donate via PayPal and subscribe on PayPal now. If you support the show in some major way, I'll give you a producer credit and mention you on the show. So send in a link if you have it for your YouTube channel or anything else. Thanks and keep it legal. Legal.